It's time for building the game. Building the game. With Jason and friends. From tabletop game design. The the end of the episode that's when it technically ends hello and welcome to building the game a documentary podcast today is monday november 15th and you're listening to episode 494 as always i am your host jason here today joined by longtime listener first time caller i can actually say that this time um <laughs> we have micah thomas game designer with us hey micah how you doing I- i'm good <laughs> i I don't know if I can call myself a long-time listener because I've listened. I realized that after yeah, I said been, it. It's been about a month, but I did just hit the year mark because I've been listening it to at work. So right, right. I think I'm an honorary long-time listener. <laughs> so, so did you? I'm curious. Did you start from the beginning? No, yeah, uh, no, no, no. Don't, don't do that. No. Someday, go back and start listening if you ever feel like it. But um. <laughs> I would never recommend anyone to start at the beginning anymore. <laughs> it's been a long time. Yeah, no, I, so I, the job that I work at, it's a, it's a pretty, I work at a beverage, a non-alcoholic beverage production company. And so I have a lot of just like, Hey, I am cleaning barrels for three hours or I'm cleaning mm-hmm. kegs for six hours. So I, I, I've burned through a lot of podcasts. Uh, and like, I saw this one and I was like building the game. Oh, that, all right, we'll see. And I was like, oh, it's all just these names. There's no, you know, no list of topics. I'll give it a shot. And I like, I did it. I bounced around a couple times. And then I mm-hmm. realized, oh, no, this is like, the time is important on this one. <laughs> so I <laughs> right, started right, right. at the top and went down. Uh, and it's bonkers because I feel like this is how Merlin from the King Arthur s- series must experience. Like, this is the closest I can never get to understanding that because he experiences time backwards. Oh um, yeah. 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 So I'm like, like I'm sitting here and you're just like, you're talking about, yeah, we just had this guest on, you know, a couple of weeks ago. I'm like, I'm excited for that one. What? <laughs> and then you'll be like, Oh, you know, this game's going right. And then later you'll be like, Oh, I just started working on this game. And I'm like, oh, I know where this one goes. It's going to go great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So it's oh, been that's... fun. That's funny. That's funny. Yeah. And so for the listeners, uh, I met Micah uh, through the weekly meetup that we do. So plug for that. Yeah. Um, we're getting more and more people to that tonight. We had nine of us there. Uh, I counted. So that was uh, that's pretty great. And that wasn't I mean, there were some notable people who weren't there who were normally there even. So, yeah. 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 So that's uh, I, I'm enjoying it. How are you feeling about it? I yeah, I love it. I um it is something to look forward to. It's I like I, I work. I try to work pretty quickly with my designs, and they tend. I, I tend to work kind of volatilely. Like I, I just change things so much, and mm-hmm. so it's it's honestly really. It's been really healthy for me to sort of have this consistent time, almost of like reflection of like this is what I did this week, and just appreciating that a little bit. Um, as mm-hmm. well as it's just really fun to see how many words I can fit into three minutes. Uh, I know, right? <laughs> Some of us are all getting really good at like, how can I like, like you'll be talking and you're like, oh my gosh, I just updated four games and <laughs> I still have a minute left. Like, look at me go. Right. <laughs> yeah. I try to hit the zero exactly. And that's always right. a fun game to play. And I, I'm glad it's been helpful to you. It's been super helpful to me too. Um, it is something I look forward to every week. You know, it's funny because I had, when I first set this up, um, my intention was kind of, and I think I, I mentioned this to you all, but I could be wrong that, um, you know, that I may not be there every week and, you know, some weeks I won't be there and I'll have somebody else run it. And then like, I've been there pretty much every single week because I think I may have been there every week because, uh, yeah, because like I'm enjoying it so much that I'm like, oh, I've got this other thing, but I'm going to work around it because I really want to do this. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I know it helps keep me on track, which was, you know, the whole point was that it helps keep us all on track. Mm-hmm. And um, and I just love that the engagement that we're all getting now together through uh, in the discord channel that I felt like we weren't getting before, um, yeah. you know. Because we're getting to know each other, right? Talking for, you know, 30 minutes a week actually does something. It's right. pretty great. It's been, yeah. The I mean, I working with Heather. I'm now part of Protoship Online because of that. You know, meeting you has been fun. Um, 
you know, yeah, just meeting some of the other people while it's just starting to make connections and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Like, like I, I've have connections with other groups, but this group, it's just, it feels so personal, um, which is great. And that's, I appreciate that. That's awesome. I mean, obviously with this podcast, that's what we're going for, right? We want to help each other, but we, we want it to be personal, right? Because mm-hmm. I mean, um, if that's what we're trying to do with the podcast is make it real and make it personal. So mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, yeah. And I through that. I got to play test your game and I, I you'll talk about later. And I played it and was like, you got to come on the podcast and talk about this game. This is great. <laughs> Thank <laughs> so, you. And that's how we got here. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, so I would love to, um, I'd love to kind of chat around about, uh, a topic and, uh, it sounds, I think we're going to meander a little bit on it, uh, yeah. and I'm pretty excited about it. So go ahead and, uh, and, and tell, tell us what you'd like to talk about tonight. Yeah. So, so of course I want to explain my game a little bit. Um, just the name of it is, of course. Is, oh yeah. You know, yeah. 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 Uh, and then just talking about like how I've changed as a designer because I've been working on it for nine months and where I was at at the start of it and where I'm at now is like night and day difference. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I would just love to be able to talk through like the things that I've learned and changed and talk about the blunders I had and, and just how thrilling and painful and, terrible and wonderful an experience it's been (laughs) that sounds like game design (laughs) yeah gosh i had a friend once say that game designers are all inherently masochists and i was like wow okay that's a little dark but (laughs) sometimes it feels like that right yeah um yeah yeah we do tend to build stuff up to just to tear it back down, to build it up again, oh, to tear it back yeah. down to, you You know, you're, <laughs> it's architects, right? Like architects get to like design something and then build it and get it right the first time. And while that's a lot of pressure, they also get to get it right the first time and be done with it. But as game designers, it's nearly impossible to get it right the first time, Gosh. right? And I am like in high school, I only wrote one draft in, of an essay, right? Like I'm the type mm-hmm. of person that like, I don't like, or at least I didn't, you know, like to go back to things, but that's changed. Um, but yeah, can I, can I pitch you a game? Yes. Yes. <laughs> that, let's talk about it. Yeah. About? Um, yeah. So Scars of Ether is a, <laughs> Scars of Ether is a tabletop uh, tactical combat fantasy sci-fi skirmish game. Um, so the whole idea, uh, the, the little bit of lore is that um, you had these magical storms that destroyed civilization, terraformed the world, and um, we are playing as the people who survived it long enough to figure out how to sort of make use of it. Um, so uh, sort of in the, in the wake of these storms are these massive uh, ether crystals that uh, we are fighting over control um, for. And so how the game like mechanically looks like, um, I, I'm really excited that the, um, so, you know, we, we both have an army, we have four squads each, um, you know, and uh, with each squad, you are um, tracking the individual exhaustion of the individual units that make up the squad. So uh, the the squads are the actual like tokens or minis that are running around. And then uh, as you take actions and as you receive damage, you're moving your units along a stamina tracker. Uh, You know, it's at, it's at, you know, it starts at refreshed, then tired, stunned, wounded, and then eventually killed. Uh, And so the idea is on your turn, uh, you choose one of your squads and you're going to take as many actions as you'd like. Uh, there, there's no hard limit on that. Um, well, I guess the only hard limit is you can't take an action if it would cause one of your units to be killed. Right, um, right. A question I did ask. Yes. I did try to sacrifice my units. <laughs> I used to have it, and it was not great. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of um, dark, right? <laughs> yeah. No, I, I had some someone knock on my door asking a different question, but they overheard me saying like, Oh, I could just 
kill my unit and do this thing. And they're like, are you okay? I'm like, I think I am. <laughs> um, but so the idea is to take as many actions. Uh, and then additionally, uh, how these ether crystals come into play is you can build conduits on top of them, which are these towers that can cast spells. And so the idea is uh, once you finish taking actions with your squad, all of your conduits are going to cast a spell. Mm-hmm. Um, and that doesn't have any other cost associated with it. So uh, ultimately, this is a combat game that is about efficiency and mm-hmm. trying to be more efficient than your opponent, capitalize off of the advantages that you can find um, and the conduits and casting spells because they give you recurring benefit. You're trying to figure out where do I want to build the conduits? What spells do I want to have available to me and how do I want to cast them? Um, yeah, so I, that's the pitch. I hope that was timely. Uh, still working yeah, yeah, on yeah. it. But, um... It made sense to me. I mean, I've played the game, so I'm probably not the best judge of that. <laughs> right, I'm like trying to think, like, did I forget some vital piece of information? No, I think that that's it for the most part. I mean, it's um, it has been... So I've been working on it for, for technically... I've been I've been working on it since January, sort of. The the game that like what I consider to be Scars of Ether started in January. But the it, stamina system didn't come around till March, uh, mm-hmm. and it came out of a like role playing game I was trying to make like two years ago that I set down because role playing games are terrible to design. Uh, <laughs> tough, right? They're like, oh, this is so much looser. There's just, oh no, it's not, not at no. all. Yeah, and, and I was essentially just making a combat game, like high customizability and whatnot. Right, right, right. Um, yeah, gosh, no. Looking at, like, I was looking at a bunch of the old documents uh, for Scars of Ether, and just like my original idea of what this game would be is so wild. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I, it was gonna be this whole like like pre-constructed base building aspect where you know it like instead of you building a deck in like a deck builder you have a base and so you come forward and you build your half of the map and it had like this other magic system that was about rolling dice and and customizing spells based off of what you rolled and yeah, it just like it was bonkers, and I I was <laughs> reading through the stuff, and I was like, these are like three different games that I'm trying to design. You know, it's funny because like I always make that joke that when when somebody designs like their first like real like this is the game I'm putting it together I'm doing it right like one of the things that tends to happen is it tends to be more than one game right like you're like I wanted to do this and this. In that, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and th- my first like four games were like that to where I had to be like, no, you're making this too much. Like, like I had to just scale back and start saying like, I'm going to design something small and then see if I need to add more to it. Mm. Um, you know, and sometimes you do and sometimes you don't. So, but yeah, that is, I feel like when you're first designing, like that is a trap to fall into pretty easy of like, I've got these crazy huge ideas, right? And then honing it refining it right it can still be crazy and huge it just has to gel right together (laughs) yeah 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 no i i think initially my plan was okay i'll figure out this stamina system uh and then i'll come back to all these other ideas and i just never did (laughs) Um, right right and the stamina system in your game works super well um yeah it's like when, when we played one of the things i noticed was that it was um it was just the right amount of frustrating. Like, mm-hmm. and by that, I mean like, because you can't just sacrifice your units. You have to be like, well, I can't do any more because like my, my units are almost dead. Uh, and you know, but like it just, um, yeah, it, it, it's one of those times where so many times you wish you could do one more action, mm-hmm. which the great thing is it, once you get going in the game, using then the crystals to do those actions, a lot of times I was like, oh, that's what these are for. You can use this to fill in that last action gap that you needed to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, yeah. It's very clever the way a lot of it knits together. Yeah, I I have really fallen in love with it. I'm, it's like it's the one thing it's like like out of everything. It's it's the thing that I'm most proud of it. Um, and funny enough, it, it came 
about after like one of the few good discussions that I had on BGG. Um, mm-hmm. I guess not, not to talk on BGG to dunk on BGG too much, but uh, the, the BGG is a little difficult to get into as a new designer. I'll, I'll say that much. Um, I, I rarely use BGG. <laughs> I find it incredibly hard to get to use. I, I love that other people use it, but I'm with you. I, I struggle to use it effectively. So yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it came out this desire of, I really, you know, this was back when like it, I was still kind of, I had the lens of a role-playing game, but mm-hmm. it being a skirmish game and yeah. Um, and I was talking with someone, I was like, I want a martial class, but I want resource management because I really like resource management. Uh, and I really like how spellcasters get resource management. And I feel like martial classes are always like the the easy, you know, for, you know, for new beginners classes. And it's like, I think there's so much potential with them. And so we started talking back and forth. You could probably find that thread on BGG somewhere. Um, it, it was a really great, really long back and forth. And eventually came on this idea of like, what if you accumulated exhaustion that recovered over time and you know that that it's a risk reward type situation and it's just i took it off from there and it's been a blast um yeah yeah (laughs) um so i i i i remember but yeah it's crazy just how much it's changed because at the beginning it was definitely a lot more complicated and mm-hmm. just not nearly as elegant visually. Like I was using um, these tokens and you were upgrading tokens effectively. And it was mm-hmm. supposed to represent a single individual. So it was just like an abstract sort of thing. So you had these four health tokens that were upgrading until eventually they were wounds, um, which okay. kind of worked. But I remember playtesting it with my sister uh, and she was just like, this is weird. <laughs> like, what are you? <laughs> uh, and I was like, do you think there's maybe something here? And she was like, I guess. And I was like, yes, that's the validation I needed. <laughs> that's all going. I wanted. <laughs> so you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> <laughs> and really, like, so thinking back to the topic a little bit, that's actually mm-hmm. something that I wanted to talk about. Um, this shift, like, the, the validation side of things, like I feel like myself as a new designer and I probably a lot of other people, um, like it was hard to manage emotions, you know, and, and like, you know, I, I wouldn't like, I'm a very, um, I have a obsessive personality to what extent I will not comment on you know Mm -hmm. like i'm not gonna yeah um and so for me it's like i spend so much energy into a design um that like i needed some sort of validation and i you know it's one of those things i feel like i've gotten better at um and i just i don't know it's something that i i try to think about when i'm playtesting other people's games it's like especially if I see it as a new designer, like how, how do you navigate like the critique and emotional support to a designer, especially when, when they're newer? Um, I, I don't know how much experience you have with that. And I don't know how much responsibility it is on the playtester to do that, but. Yeah, I so I have a lot of opinions about this, so I will attempt to sum them up uh, in a in a short uh, statement. But there's a lot of, in my opinion, there's a lot of responsibility on the playtester, just like there's a lot of responsibility on the speaker in any conversation, right? Um, in that we are being as kind as possible, and that we are, you know, being like. You know, so I do coaching for a living and like, you know, when I work with people, like that's one of the the trickiest bits, right? Is that like understanding um that um like I have to I have to tell people the truth and I have to show people what they need to know, 
but I need to not be a dick about it. Right. Like, mm-hmm. and that's like, that's a big thing. Right. Um, and, and, and there are a lot of people who don't possess the skill to not do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you see that a lot with, there's something about giving feedback. I feel like that, that makes people feel very empowered. Um, and, and people who, it's it's a lot like commenting on things on the internet, I guess, right? You feel this empowerment to to state your opinion because somebody wants your opinion. And um and I think it's it's important that we give our opinions in a way that's useful. You know, we remember that it's constructive criticism, yeah. right? If you played a game and you hated everything about the game, um it's okay to explain to the designer that that you didn't care for the game, but you can do it in a way that's that's not awful, right? Yeah. Um and I, so I think there's a, there's a huge responsibility. I do think as designers, we need to try and have tough skin as much as possible. Um, in that, that comes over time with confidence, Yeah. like getting random crappy feedback about a game now doesn't bother me. Getting crappy feedback from certain designers does bother me because mm. I respect their opinion. And when they say, listen, this is bad because of this, like that can be crushing. Like I've yeah. dropped working on games because of that. Okay. And they didn't say anything mean. It's just their opinion really, really matters to me. And so that was hard, right? Yeah. Um, but but I think I like so whenever I mentor people, um, and I've got, you know, I've mentored a couple of people through the tabletop mentorship program, plug for that. I'll continue yeah. to do that because yeah. it's fantastic. But like I handpick certain people to be my playtesters when I take them, when I do playtests with them, if they're new game designers, which the two I've had are. Um, simply because I want to ensure that, um, that they're going to get feedback from someone who gets it, who gets what it's like to get crappy feedback and that it's Mm -hmm. your responsibility to try and give good feedback. Um, so, so yeah, that that was a little like rounding in there. Like it it wasn't super like straight (laughs) to the point, but hopefully that made some sense. Did that land at all with you? It it did. Um, I think, um, oh gosh, there's, there's one thing. Yeah. I, I just, just thinking about like ways to help give feedback, especially with new designers. One thing that I think I've been learning is how, how to play test, you know, so scars of ether was, uh, technically the second game that I play tested with someone that wasn't like family or friends, you know, like right, right, right. Uh, The first game, game called Friendly Gardens, that is the bane of my existence. It is a supposed to be a 15 minute little like gateway game that I like my blood gets boiling when I think about it because I couldn't figure it out. Um, So that was technically the first game that I play tested with other people. but but so, then I set it on fire. <laughs> I oh I, yeah yeah oh my goodness yes I, I've ha- I've had those I get it where you're like what this this is not that complicated why can't I just make this stupid game work I yeah and, like no. I just as a tangent I redesigned that game every single sad like for every single Saturday play test for like a month and a half like completely new design and I just. Because, yeah, for reasons. Um, I hate it. I love that game. I want to go back, but I can't. Yeah. And you be- know what? Give it a couple years. Yeah. Get some more designs under your belt and then look back on it through those eyes. Mm-hmm. And I promise you, to one of two things will happen. One, you'll look at it and you'll say, this is not nearly as good of an idea as I thought it was. <laughs> I don't want to work on this ever again. And that's okay. Uh, but what also might happen is you're going to look at it and say, oh, my gosh. I'm so dumb. Why did I not see how to fix this? This is so easy to fix. And then you'll fix it. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and likely it's going to be something in the middle there, right? It's a little bit of yeah. both, but um, I've experienced that many, many times. <laughs> I, I, when I go back to game ideas from like years ago, I generally have one of two responses now. And those responses are either, why didn't I work on this? This is really good. Like what a great idea. Like I should have explored that or, what was I thinking? <laughs> like, what? Yeah, so, and, yeah. I mean, unlike you, I get to have, you know, 490 episodes of me <laughs> saying stupid stuff to people, um, you know, recorded. This <laughs> 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 is the dumb advice I gave. So, you know. Yeah. 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 But, um, but yeah. So, so uh, <laughs> back to what I was saying. So, Scars of Ether was 
really the game that I learned how to play test with. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And a part of that was learning how to play test for specific things and not yes. for the game itself. That was a yes. hard, that was a really hard lesson to learn. Um, yep, because yep. so that first build, so I'm on version five of Scars of Ether. Uh, version one was this build that I showed my sister um, and that kind of gave me the validation to keep moving. So I went on to version two, in which case I made uh, two factions, each with their own very unique uh, uh, squads. Um, I built an entire resource collection mechanism that was not a part of the first build um, that had to do with the end game. Um, um, I did you know, some graphic design work to get it going. And then the first play test took an hour and we got through uh, about three turns. Uh, <laughs> um, and and I, I, gosh, it's amazing. I still, I had three or four, I had one, two, I had four play tests of that second build. Um, and it, it just, it just amazes me. Cause that was, that was, I, I have like a, a, a time gap and I'll get to that, but you know, that, um, that build was in the before times before the gap. Um, mm-hmm. and yeah, so I, I tried to design the entire game up front. Um, cause for me, you know, I had this anxiety of like, I don't want to waste someone's time by showing just an idea. Right? Right, right, which now I'm like, heck, I'll totally, you know, if someone is telling me they're gonna look at an idea, I will, yes, I will totally show them a half baked idea. Yes, um, yes. good, that's good, that's good, uh, that's progress. Yeah, that's, we're <laughs> we're doing it, folks. Um, yeah, um, and so th- that design was just riddled with problems, but it was also it was so emotionally wild because I felt terrible because the game kept breaking. However, to quote one of my playtesters, I still remember this. Uh, he said, this was the most fun I've had with a fundamentally broken system. Um, and he got the short end of the stick. He was the one that got absolutely brutalized by the opponent. Um, and so it was one of those. That's things. that's a good takeaway, though. Yeah, I I I went on to continue. Uh, uh, we 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 still talk. I, that playtester and I. Um, I've played some of his stuff. He's great. Um, but um, um, yeah. So it was just this wild range of emotions um, that honestly was kind of unhealthy um, because I was pushing myself really hard to get a new build up, you know, as soon as possible. And I was just, you know, redesigning and redesigning. And, mm-hmm, um, um, and so it was one of those things where it was just like, I totally burnt myself out. Um, mm-hmm. And that, I, I think it was inevitable, but the sort of tip of the iceberg, which is both like, one of the hardest experiences I've had, but also the number one best play test I've ever had was with our very own Jamie Sabriel Flez. Uh, yes. So I, Jamie is wonderful. Have you, have you gotten a chance to play test with Jamie? I, I haven't yet. I, I desperately want to play their game fight sequence because, you know, I've been talking about it with them for a year. <laughs> I've never got to play it. Um, but that is like something I really want to do um yeah 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 try their game out try fight sequence listener try fight sequence triple rainbow games find it on twitter find it on discord fight sequence great um i if you can get jamie to play test one of your games i have considered paying them to be a play tester like it was wow. no, it was no joke like i i have seriously considered when i have a build ready for publishers i'm going to mm-hmm. reach out to them and you know well, like I, like <laughs> It doesn't yeah. surprise me to hear you say that only because it's it's funny, like Jamie will like come on the show and we're gonna talk to some guests that they've asked for. You know, they'll say, like, hey, I really need this type of guest. And then I'm like, how about this person? They're like, okay, let's do it. And they come on the show and they're kind of like, 
you like start off being kind of goofy and like laughing at something like, all right, all right. And then like all of a sudden, like the interrogation turns on <laughs> and they have these amazing questions that are like mind blowing. <laughs> and I'm like, how do you know all these things? Right? Like, like this, like Jamie will be like, I need help with, with this. And then like, go on to talk more about this specific thing than I have, that I've ever known in my entire life. <laughs> Like, and they're the ones saying, I really need to learn about this. And I'm like, this is amazing. So, <laughs> so I, I assume applying those, that personality and that brain to a play test, I can yeah. totally see why they're just like aces all the way with that. Yeah. Like, because, you know, I, I yeah. model the way I play test based off of how I've seen them play test. Like, wow. Yeah. 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 And that, that's also because, you know, during that time I was still learning how to be a play tester. Mm -hmm. um and so yeah having them look at my game that alone was valuable and um so i got to play test with with jamie and phil amelon uh who is a part of like the heavyweight championship um game play testing group um okay great group by the way um they specifically do 90 plus minute games um but i, I got to play test it with them and it went it it was it, it went kind it went smoother than I had ever gone in the past. Um, so they actually got to play the game, um, and it came around to feedback. And Jamie gave a bunch of really great specific feedback that I, I still remember. But mm -hmm. the one thing that was incredibly important was, hey, this exhaustion mechanic is really good you did not design a game around this mechanic. You need to start from scratch. Um, and, and they were that blunt about it. Um, right. And right. I'm so grateful that they were like, oh my goodness, because they were completely right. I So I don't have much experience with skirmish games. Um, mm -hmm. I grew up on HeroScape. I've played probably 20 hours of Into the Breach. Um, I played the first handful of missions of Wargroove. And I played maybe 50 hours of XCOM. And that's it. Like, I have not touched anything else. Like, when we play test, you mentioned, I think it was D&D minis that used to play. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, I nodded and went, yeah, 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 as if I understood. I had no idea what that game was. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Uh, so it was like, when, when I was designing Scars of Ether, I literally was just like looking up reviews for games and going, oh, I, you know, it sounds like this is what's standard about these types of games. Okay, I'll incorporate that. However, mm -hmm. when you have a game whose core engine is you can take as many actions as you want, like so many of those rules don't work. Um, right, um, right. And I also just learned some of those rules the hard way, learning that ranged units are just inherently great. Um, you know, so... <laughs> Uh, so when you're like, well, I wonder why they do that. And then you like, try it. Oh, that's why they do it that right. way. Okay. Yep. <laughs> Got it. Yep, 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 yep. <laughs> um, yeah. So Jamie was like, yeah, you need to, you need to start from scratch. Um, that was seen yeah. in that. I just want to point out that for feedback, like that was given excellently, right? It said this mechanic is is amazing. Yeah. So amazing that you should, you should do a lot of work and you should change a lot of stuff, you know, start from scratch mm -hmm. because this mechanic deserves that. Right. Yeah. So what's so great about that feedback is one, it's telling you from their perspective, exactly what you have to do. But two, it's also like, even if Jamie didn't mean it this way, it is also forces you that as the designer to say, do I agree that this mechanic is what the whole game should be based around. Mm. And if I don't, then I can, I can not do that feedback, but if I do, this is what I need to do. Yeah. And so that's, yeah, that's really, really good feedback. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't think I've whipped that one out on anyone uh, yet, but it, uh, <laughs> it's definitely made me appreciate like sometimes being blunt, but in, in a very, helpful and directive mm -hmm. way yep. like that's yep. that's okay so i at, like the first two days after that i just were not great because i paid attention to the negative 
you know uh mm-hmm. but then after a couple of days i was like you know what they're they're completely right like this right. you know right. this mechanic deserves something i need to start over so i i tweaked the mechanic a little bit and then i i tweaked the mechanic i designed i i scrapped everything i designed some faction uh not factions uh three squads that i was just like this is going to be my vanilla uh and then i walked away for a month and a half uh because i was just so burnt out because i was doing mm-hmm. scars of ether and, and i was actually doing friendly gardens at the same time and so right, right. i was designing them both back to you know back to back right doing heavy changes for a saturday deadline uh, that I put on mm-hmm. myself. And so I was doing like 16 hour days consist like every Sunday was a 16 hour day of design. You yeah, know, that's, that that's time. a lot. That's a lot. And that's that can, I mean, that's more than a day's work yeah. <laughs> of, you know, like, and it, and it's all brain burning work, you yeah. know? Yeah. But I, you know, I think for the listeners here um, and for, for both of us to remember as well, like when you're designing a game, having when you figure out what the core mechanic is of a game and you know that it's awesome and that it works like that you've you've literally done what i think is the hardest step to take in a game design which is to Mm. say like this is what makes this game a game this is what makes it worthwhile and yes you're going to do a heck of a lot of work you know fixing everything around that and redoing stuff but like I feel like so many games struggle to find that really solid core mechanic yeah. uh, when we're designing new prototypes and stuff. So having that is great. So, yeah. 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 And it's definitely informed how I want to do game design after Scars of Ether of mm-hmm. um, like being really experimental until I find that, you know, and, and, I don't know. It's just, it's a lot of fun. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've got a couple other games I'm really excited about that I think have also pretty, pretty unique core stuff. But anyways, um, yeah, I took a month and a half and that, that was a really weird break because it wasn't like, it wasn't a break that felt positive. Like I very seriously considered like, maybe this just isn't for me. Maybe I'm not a game designer. Mm-hmm. You, know, I, you know, like I felt good that I started to make the changes, but I just didn't want to touch it. Um, and if it really wasn't, if it wasn't for Phil, Phil Amelon, um, at one point, because he had gotten to test the game twice, the first test, he had said like, hey, you have the chops to be a game designer. Uh, if mm-hmm. it wasn't for that advice, I don't know if I would have actually gone back um as at least not as quickly as i did um which again i think really speaks to just the emotional state that i was at um oh yeah uh, it sounds like it i mean in in you listening to how much time you've put in the only other person i know that that works that many hours on games i feel like in one sitting that talks about it is julio and julio is a machine and like doesn't like i feel like Julio may correct me, but I feel like Julio doesn't need breaks or take breaks. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so, I mean, that's, that's a lot. And yeah. 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 It, it really is. And w- when I started, so when I started to come back, I, I showed a really good friend, friend of mine who are now working on a co-design together uh, just off and on. Uh, I showed her like that stripped down version um mm-hmm. and that like i slowly started to get back into it um, mm-hmm. and kind of from then i really very intentionally decided like hey we need to make sure that doesn't happen again you know so like i try to commit to reading you know that's something that's important to me that i wasn't doing during that time mm-hmm. so i'm mm-hmm. you know i'm going through the dune series um you know so like th- that that alone i'm really i think i I am actually a bit proud of like being able to re-enter this hobby and find an approach that works for me because i still do work i do a lot of game design still um but i've changed the nature of which i do that you know now Right, right now i have a pocket journal on me at all times 
and mm-hmm. I am constantly thinking about it at my job, taking notes, and then probably once or twice a week, I'll spend, you know, maybe if I do it twice a week, maybe it's like three hours or something, you know, just going through my notes, being like, this is good, this is bad, we're gonna, let's let's get the mm-hmm. components down. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's something that I realized, like, there is no right way to go about this. Um, right. Um, I think that's really settled in like, like we all need to figure out, you know, we, we, we all have our own styles of designing and learning how to support that is important. So I, I, yes. I don't play test very often uh, because it's, it still is very emotionally draining for me. Um, it is, it is. And that, <laughs> that will likely never change. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you were, you have some tendencies that I think kind of align with, with how I can be. And like that stuff for me is always really hard. It's, you know, I get very excited to play test, yeah. uh, but <laughs> taking feedback and, you know, like uh, it, it's, it's, it can be very draining for me as well. And it's not about like, like if I'm play testing with a co-designer, that's no big deal. But when mm-hmm. I'm play testing with an audience, you know, like, as in like, Hey, I've got two play testers. They've come to try this game. Mm-hmm. That is draining. Um, and it's not because I don't like the negative feedback. Um, it really is about like, you know, hey, uh, you thought this game was close to done and now you have to dig back in and do a ton more design mm, work Interesting that you weren't mentally prepared to do. Um, one of the things that I, and I, I was happy to hear you say like, hey, I'm working with a co-designer on this game because co-designers were my secret weapon to burnout to like to fight burnout Mm. because I feel the need to like, I have 20 ideas. I would work on 20 ideas. But the problem is when you work on 20 ideas, you accomplish no ideas, maybe one, if you're lucky, but not 20. Uh, And what I found is that I can work on five ideas. If four of those ideas are with co-designers, I see um, because we can split things up and then I also fall into the trap of I work with one co-designer a ton. So then we do a bunch of games together, but then we wouldn't work on all the games because there's still only two of us. Right. Mm-hmm. So really trying to walk it backwards and say like, okay, uh, you know, like I need to work with multiple people and I can, I can. So that's when I started to become selective about who should I ask to work on this one specific game with me and how should we look mm-hmm. at this, you know, and, and that sort of thing. And, and really like honing that for yourself, will help you avoid burnout for sure. Um, it doesn't guarantee it, but it also creates, if you if you pick co-designers that you work with well, it also creates a good system of emotional support, mm-hmm. right? So that, which is yeah. clearly important to you. It's super important to me as well. Yeah, yeah. Another thing that I've, that's been really helpful for me with avoiding burnout, where like I'll intentionally be like, okay, I've hit a, I've hit a roadblock or I'm getting exhausted from Scars of Ether. I'm going to do a project for sometimes it's only one week, uh, but you know, a two week mm-hmm. project that I'm not going to show anyone, you know, or like, you know, I, mm-hmm. I have zero plans for this and just like getting to continue that design mentality and keep, yep. you know, keep doing that and work on something that, you know, is just totally out of my comfort zone. You know, I don't like, yes, I don't like making cards. So I made a little, uh, you know, 52 card game. Um, I, I really like some of the stuff that's going on there. I'm probably never going to come back to that specific design, but it's also like, Hey, I learned some interesting things about sandbox design with this card game, you know? Yes. Yes. Um, that I think has been really helpful because then, you know, when I get back to scars of ether, all of that like enthusiasm is back and I'm still like in that design mood. Um, so that's great. Um, yeah, I think that's a really good strategy working on like smaller one-off projects that take you out of your comfort zone that are just fun, you know? Yeah. Um, one of the ways I've been doing that is I'll have clients come to me and say, Hey, I need this little game that does this thing. Um, and then I'll work on that for them. And like, because those are like paid gigs outside of the normal work that I do, it feels different. Right. Mm-hmm. And I don't have to try to make something I can sell to the hobby game market because that's not what this is about. This yeah. is about having a little experience, 
Um, and I love that. So, um, yeah. So I think creating those little diversions for yourself to kind of reset your brain, mm -hmm. um, especially when you know Scars of Ether. Well, I wouldn't call it a super heavy game. Um, it's a very thinky game and that, you know, a thinky game requires thinky design, right? I mean, you can't just, um, you can't just like, you know, breeze your way through that. It just doesn't work because you have to be on, you know, you have to be on with how you're doing it, you know? Yeah. Um, I think that's what's really, I think that's what I've grown maybe the most in is it's forced me to essentially simulate my game in my head. Um, mm -hmm. to troubleshoot those problems um, and, and to find all those bugs and whatnot. Um, because I, I've had so many play tests where it's like round one, someone does something and I go, oh no, like we, <laughs> you know, we'll go like two more turns just to see if the opponent realizes the one solution to deal with this, which they don't. Right, right, uh, right. Then it's just like, okay, we got to stop. Um, right, right. Yeah, just those. Really, it's just, just constructing mental frameworks to understand your own game. I think that's what I think that's what I love about game design. Um, yeah, yeah. I, and I think that's why Scars of Ether is what it is because it's it's deterministic. It's got hidden information. Yeah, you can think more or less. Um, uh, um, so you don't exactly know what your opponent's exhaustion levels are, but you get to like look at them every once in a while. Right. Um, right. Which was a super fun little mechanic there. Like mm -hmm. that was a nice, just little addition. Um, and it always made me, I remember always feeling like I didn't have enough information, but mm -hmm. in a good way where it was yeah. always like, why do I feel like, you know, things that I wish I knew, like, yeah. you know, <laughs> gosh, but yeah, like constructing frameworks, to mm -hmm. understand the game like recently um there was sort of two frameworks that i figured out that have been hugely helpful uh, the first one was chunking the game up into its primary systems secondary systems and tertiary systems mm -hmm. um and so being able to like then understand okay you know this is this is the relationship of all of my systems. And then when mm -hmm. something does go wrong, I then take a step back and go, okay, was that a problem in a tertiary system? Was that, pri was that a fundamental right, problem right. in the core? Um, that's been huge. That, that was really great to come up with. Um, just while I, I think I was coming up with that while I was bleaching compost bins. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and yeah, like that, it gets me so jazzed and like, I want to talk to people about it and be like, Oh, right. I'm sure you've already realized this, but here's this thing that's been super helpful to me, you know? Mm -hmm. And then an <laughs> another framework has been, um, I I've been trying to figure out my end game, which has always been a struggle. Um, either it's, yeah, it's just so many reasons why this game struggles with an end game. Um, and so, I finally like sat down and was like, okay, what is the theoretical like good end game? Like what, what should it be doing? What should it feel like? And I was like, okay, it should be predictable and on, on like a rational level and it, it players should anticipate it on an emotional level. Um, like it, you know, you should feel it coming and it should be just as playful as the rest of the game. And it, when someone is in, like check like it should be preventable to a certain extent um, right right and just like being able to sit down and be like okay this is how i'm going to think i i have con i have constructed this framework now let's look at scars of ether let's look at all of the end games that i've tried oh that's why this didn't work because it wasn't right, meeting right. this or wasn't doing this right. and so now i've got an end game that i worked over the weekend and, and today, um, and I'm super excited for it because I think, because it meets this criteria that I've created for myself. And I know it's going to need revision, but I, I think this is going to be, I think this is going to be the direction that it goes in, um, which has to do with essentially 
trying to send the ether crystals. Um, you, 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 you're trying to the, thematically, you're trying to teleport them back to your home base. And so mm -hmm. what I've done is you have a spell that like loads a conduit with an ether crystal and then another spell that will allow you to teleport that crystal over to home base. Um, and I'm really excited because not only is it just an end game sort of process, but it actually adds to the sandbox of the game. Um, right. Because it's the way that I have specifically designed how casting spells work and constructing uh, uh, conduits, which I, I haven't really gone into because that gets down to a certain level that's a little difficult to talk about. Um, but it's, it, it's going to make the experience more playful where you might consider loading conduits with no intention of actually sending them because you can pull off something really unique. You know, you can, um, mm -hmm. you can then cast, you know, a bunch of spells, um, uh, uh, at once or in a way that you could have before. Um, so I, I, I'm really excited to get it play tested. Um, yeah, yeah. So it's just been fun just simulating the game and finding new ways to think about it. Um, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, it's what I love about play testing as well because I then can ask the, the, the designer, you know, hey, you know, at what stage of design is this at and what feedback are you looking for? And then that mm -hmm. effectively becomes my framework. Then I get to play the game and just like do my best to wrap my brain around it and then be able to talk about it, which um, my my favorite pastime is thinking and my second favorite pastime is talking. So it's pretty great. <laughs> That's awesome. <sighs> Before... Um... So this has been a super fun conversation, but before we went out of time, um, since you know we've talked about the game, we've talked about a lot mm -hmm. of your journey through it. You know, now now I'd like to talk a little bit about the giving back side of it, right? Mm -hmm. And like, so we we've talked a little bit around this of you know, oh, here's some good thoughts, but like I, from you, like, you know, taking a step back to Micah from you know a year or two ago, trying to you know you know playing around with games, dabbling, you know, um, but not really jumping in all the way like what are some real things and I, I mean i have ideas too but but i talk all the time on this show so like <laughs> i want to hear somebody else's perspective about what are some real points of advice and you know what are some things you would tell people to consider or to you know to think about when they're starting out yeah um that's a good question and I had a response for this question and I forgot my response because <laughs> I was like, we'll probably talk about this. Um, geez. I feel like what I, I feel like right now when I do talk to someone and they mentioned that's their first time, um, I try to, I really try to lean into that side of, Hey, like it's really fun your game is probably not going to be great, mm -hmm. but people are generally a lot nicer than what you expect them to be. And we right. all want to right. be here. We all want to play test games. You know, we're not play testing games so that we get free games. We're play testing them because we know that they need work. Right. Right. Um, right. I think for myself, like, I get just so nervous about wasting people's time, you know? Right. And I right. think a lot of new playtesters, uh, new designers have that same feeling of like, you know, I don't deserve to be here, so I don't want to waste someone's time, right? Or just that that feeling, even though it's not true. Like you absolutely deserve to be at the table right. because mm -hmm. you're designing a game. You're a designer. Right. Even if it's your first right. game, you are a game right. designer. Uh, yes. Yes. Yeah. So I guess I guess that's the side of it where it's just like I just like it's not gonna the the game itself is not going to be as fun as you hope, but like that's okay. Like that's 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 wonderful. That's very good advice. <laughs> 
I, I, uh, I once saw, I don't know if somebody was like, I, I don't know. Somebody posted this or said this at one point. They said, you know, the difference between like designing when you first design a game, like, and you're picturing yourself winning the spiel, uh, with that game <laughs> yeah. and then you play test it and then you never want to see that game again. Like those feelings are real, right? Yeah. Like there's nothing, there's no greater hope, uh, and excitement than that feeling of thinking that you've come up with a game that is going to be amazing. Um, and of course, when you do that, the letdown of that first test can just be devastating, you know? Yeah. Um, or even, you know, like I, I worked on a game in a vacuum with, with a couple of people and, and then I showed it to some out, outside designers and they play tested it and they just, they just ravaged it. I mean, they just destroyed it. Ugh. Um, and like, I was like, oh my gosh, what do we do? And now, now the game is amazing. Like, mm -hmm. and we took some of their advice, uh, and we went in some other directions, but we solved the problems that they had. Um, mm. but like, that's mm. one of those moments where if it had just been me, I may have just walked away from it, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So so I, yeah, I mean, it's, it's really, it's tough. It is. Um, being a game designer is, is a harder job than, uh, than people will tell you sometimes. Some people will be honest with you say, it's, yeah, it's, don't, don't do that. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I mean, that's how it was like the first like three or four years of designing games. Like I, I made systems, but I really didn't show it to people. Um, because like I was so nervous, like oh, it's you know it's gonna be bad, and then of course when it was bad, you know I would stop for a month or whatever. Uh, but mm -hmm. it's like no, it's gonna mm -hmm. be bad, and and people are kind. It's gonna be bad, and people are kind. There right. are jerks out there, yeah, for sure. But there, there's also a lot of good people. Right. Right. You know, if you just pay attention, honestly, you should be able to tell who the jerks are in a play test. You yeah. know, they are like, just forget that they're giving you feedback on your game and forget whether or not your game was fun or worth their time. Uh, instead, think about if this was a conversation about anything else, <laughs> if they were talking to you about how they felt about a movie you watched together that you really liked yeah. and they didn't like the way they give you feedback on that. If that sounds like they're a jerk then they're probably just a jerk. Yeah. That doesn't mean they don't have good feedback, <laughs> yeah. but it does mean that likely they're tearing into you in a way that's, that's not helpful. Yeah. Um, and you know, well, we, well, I say we should develop thick skin. That's harder for some of us than it is for others. And that's where I like to remind myself of like, Hey, some people are just kind of jerks about it, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. <sighs> It's fun. <laughs> well, um, this has been a super fun discussion. I like talking about your game. I've I've loved kind of talking about your journey through it. Um, you know, I mean, it's we were talking ahead of time about this, and you had said, um, I don't remember exactly how you framed it, but it was something to the effect of, I feel like just like talking through like my experiences. Uh, can be kind of I forgot the word you used like self-serving or like yeah I, I don't egotistical probably egotistical yeah. that was it yeah and I think I had said yeah there's this way you can feel pompous right of like I'm just going to talk about me and um but but I always like to think that when we talk about our experiences someone out there shared that experience and when we share our experiences and what they did with us and how we went through them and and, and how we got through it or or didn't get through it sometimes. You know, um, being able to share that experience um, is is really, really helpful for some other people. I mean, it's cathartic for ourselves, yeah. but, you know, I mean, it, so that takes out the ego, but it still is just about you then, you know, but to remember that people like hearing the stories. I mean, I, this podcast is a testament to that, right? Yeah. If people didn't like hearing personal stories about game design, this podcast would have ended years ago. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And instead, you know, we've grown in 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 people who listen, and also grown in in friendships uh, made around this podcast. And those things would not have happened, yeah, um, if people didn't care about personal stories. So, 
Uh, I will always believe that. Maybe I'm wrong, but I'm still going to believe it. <sighs> this is yeah. This has been a lot of fun. Thank you for inviting me on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. I'm super happy to have had you on. Um, and uh, yeah. So, listeners, we hope you really enjoyed uh, the time with us tonight. And uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts, things, you know, for you, if you're a new game designer, you know, what, what hits you well with this and, and what other things you might add. I love hearing that stuff. Best place you can share that would be on our discord channel plug for that. Yeah. Uh, you can find that on our website, of course. Uh, and then come to our me- weekly meetups. Uh, they're a lot of fun. We may have to start doing two weekly meetups, honestly, if we keep growing, yeah. uh, which wouldn't be bad because that would allow us to split up to have um, to cover more time zones and stuff. So um yeah but anyways uh yeah, come to our website check that out uh email us building a podcast to gmail.com you can of course call us at 770 tell btg find us on the twitter at podcast btg at ja slingerland and micah is at cardboard bones and um you can find us there and until next time good night yeah. is this where we start singing Yes, definitely where we start singing. <laughs> okay, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> building the game with Jason and friends, with Jason and friends. Building the game, building the game with Jason and friends, with Jason and friends. Dial 770 Hotel BTG. Please don't use the email.